This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Hello and welcome to Jail Ministry. We are glad that you are with us today as we study God's Word, the Bible. This season of year is very special to us. So I'm going to interject in our series where we've been studying Christian doctrine. And I think we have maybe two more to go. But during the month of December, we celebrate Christmas as Christians. And this is a very special time of year for us. And so I thought I would interject and do a special lesson that's been on my heart about this season of year. Now, I realize that for some of you, I would hope that most of you are Christians. Maybe there are some of you who say you are Christians, because I do run into this in jail ministry quite a bit. If I have 10 ladies in a group, 9 out of 10 of those will say they're Christian, but as we delve into their Christianity, there's not much to be found. So, I realize that for some of you in our listening audience, you may be unsaved, and that's great. We're just glad with that you are with us, and that you are listening, and you are hearing God's Word, whether you agree with it or not. And then there are those of you who are saved, and you are born again, and you have the righteousness of Christ Jesus. So, I thought I would talk a little bit about today, and my message is called, Born to Die. Born to die. Jesus was born to die. For Christmas, or for Christians, I should say, Christmas is about Jesus who was born to die, the only begotten of God. So Christmas is about the birth of Jesus, the Son of God. And each year, and I love this time of year, when we celebrate Christmas, we remember the miracle of incarnation. Now, there are times, and we've talked about this in some of the former lessons, there are times where we see the appearance of an angel or an appearance of the Lord, like a theophany, but the incarnation, that special word, is usually referred or re- goes back to or is referral to this time of year. Now, is Christmas Day, December 25th, the day that Jesus was born? No! What we celebrate as Christians is this season of year. We are celebrating the Messiah's birth, the long-awaited Christ, the long-awaited Messiah in the fullness of time. So we're going to dig into some of these verses here in a moment, but I do want to talk about what Christmas is, because Christmas is many things to many people, and as I was driving through my neighborhood last night, and it's beautifully decorated with a lot of houses and lights and these new blow-up things in people's yards, and and maybe y'all don't see that, but we do right now, and there's a lot of these um, decorations 
that are out in the yard. Now, am I against decorations? Am I against trees? No. I don't see any of that in scripture whatsoever. But there are some people who really go overboard with Christmas. Now, for me, that would be overboard. Okay. I have a small little tree. My son complains, Mom, you need a bigger tree. But we as Christians understand what Christmas is really about. Um, I got a good little laugh because I bring up driving through the neighborhood because there was this gigantic Santa, Santa Claus. Now, there was a Mr. Claus at one time who gave a lot of gifts, a lot of gifts. And so you hear these stories um, that come out of Santa Claus. And there's this giant Santa Claus in the yard, but he had basically fallen over like this false god Dagon. And there wasn't much to him anymore. So, you know, we get to laugh at this time time of year, but it is a very serious time also where we go back and we reflect on why did Jesus come? Why was the Messiah, the seed to come prophesied? What is all of this about? And all of this Christmas season is about Jesus. And it is a wonderful time of the year where I believe I experience more joy. I experience more thanksgiving about my sins being forgiven and a thankfulness to God for the amazing gift in the person of Jesus Christ, his son, the son of man, the son of God. Christmas is special to Christians. Now, for the secular world and the unsaved, and this used to be me too, I'd celebrate Christmas. We had a big tree and we decorated the tree with ornaments and we exchanged gifts and all of that. We bought gifts and we celebrated Christmas. But that was about it. I mean, there wasn't much more to it. And so a lot of the secular world today does experience and celebrate Christmas as an exchange of Christmas gift giving. But again, for Christmas, for Christians, it's much better than those gift exchanges. Christmas is also, though, about death. Because when we understand the scriptures and the Bible correctly, we understand that Jesus was born of a virgin and he suffered and he died. Now, I asked a question this week in jail of my ladies. And I like to ask questions because it gets them thinking about what they believe, why they believe what they believe. And a lot of times I hear these euphemisms from them or I just frankly hear these untruths. But it gets us talking about what they believe and why they believe what they believe and what they've been taught. And so my question was, was it God's plan that Jesus would die? And there was one woman that was just absolutely aghast and so offended. No way. Well, then whose plan was it that Jesus would come, the Messiah? I mean, we see from the Old Testament prophecies telling us, even in Genesis, about the seed to come, to make right that which was wrong when Adam and Eve sinned. See, our biggest problem is our sin. It has to be dealt with. So we need to understand, what is Christmas really about? It's about God sending his one and only son into the world to die for his people. Not just to give us eternal life, but I have that eternal life right now. So we need to understand that, yes, 
even though she was offended. It was God's plan and purpose in the fullness of time to send his son, his only begotten son, into the world. Why? To fulfill the law? Yes. To suffer? Yes. To be born of a virgin as a babe? Yes. But to make atonement for sin. How did he do that? He had to die. The perfect sinless lamb of God died. Why? I mean, couldn't God just clap his hands and say, okay, you're forgiven all your sins, all those dirty sins. No, because then God would not be just. When God says something in scripture and he gives you a promise, we ought to believe it. Because it's true, because God does not change. And he promised in the very beginning to send a seed. He tells us about, unto us, a child is born. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Yes, that equates Jesus with God, because he is God. So... That's why I've entitled that Christmas is about Christ coming into the world. But it says in John that the world did not know him. If you go back to John, the first chapter of John, and that's why John is one of my favorite books here, that it talks about he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. His own people didn't even recognize him. Do you recognize him today? So we understand that Christmas is a time of joy and celebration and gift giving. But it's also a time where we reflect in our home and as Christians that Jesus came to die. And it wasn't an easy death at all. In fact, when I'm tempted to sin, I, in my mind, I look back to the cross and I remember what it took to forgive me of my sins. Because if God did not send Jesus into the world, there'd be no forgiveness of sins. Your sins would never be forgiven. And for anyone to die in their sins is to go to hell. That's God's truth. So Christ came to, came to die. Every Christmas, when we remember Jesus' birth, which we do and we celebrate and we read from Scripture and we exchange our gifts, we should also remember why he was born. Yes, he was born to die, but he was born to make atonement, to satisfy God's wrath. You're like, ooh, where is that in the Bible? Yeah, it talks about God is a God of love, but God is a God of wrath also. When a person is unsaved, God's wrath abides on that person. He or she is an enemy of God. They are in enmity with God. They are separated from God. And without Christ coming and being born and then dying, we would never be able to have true fellowship with the one true and triune God today. So Jesus was born so that one day he could die for us in the fullness of time. Without his death, his birth would not accomplish the will of the Father. Yes, he came by and of the will of the Father. We would never have eternal life 
after this life. Nor would we have been able to conquer death or sin in our lives. So yes, he was born to die. The Christmas story every, every year kind of brings me back and helps me to remember and reminds us, and it should remind you, of our need for Jesus to come and redeem human sinners. Jesus needed to die, but he would die in God's timing at the hands of evil men. King Herod back in that day, there were wise men that came from the east and they followed a star and they were looking for this man-child. They were led by God. Herod wanted to know more about this. There were prophecies about this king. We don't know that they were even kings, as a matter of fact. We just know from the scriptures that they were wise men. They would have had to probably been wealthy because they traveled very far to get there. But understand that King Herod, knowing that there was a future king to come, didn't know who he was. But those religious leaders back in that time, in that day, oh, they had the writings, they had the prophets, they had the scriptures. They knew. They were expecting the long-awaited Messiah. Well, Herod, King Herod, showed some interest in there. So he asked the religious leaders, what does it say about this king? And that king was obviously a threat to King Herod. And King Herod had a lot of power. King Herod killed his relatives, his favorite wife. I think he killed three of his sons because of that threat to his power. So, yeah, this coming king, Jesus, would definitely be a threat to his power. So Herod attempted to kill him as a young child. So we know probably from evidence and records between the age of, because we know that the kings, the wise men, went to a house to see this child. That's what the scriptures say. We know within that period of time, the prophecy about the weeping in Ramah, that Herod sent soldiers and they killed every child two years and younger by the sword. But even as an attempt at killing all of these children, which was evil, it could not lay hands on Jesus, the child. We often leave out that part of the story about Herod killing the children, and we just focus on certain aspects of the Christian story, like the babe in the manger or the animals around the manger. There's more to this Christmas story where Jesus came to die. It's an awful part of the Christmas story, the part about his death, because we talk a lot about his birth, which is good. But it's important and a reminder about why Jesus came. And I'm going to keep emphasizing this. Why did Jesus come in the fullness of time? To suffer, to die for the sinner, to make atonement for sin. We live in such a broken world today. And I know for some of you that you have been through much 
pain and suffering and can't even compare to what I've been through. You've probably been through a lot more. And we empathize with you and we understand. But I also know that Christ came to take away a lot of those hurts and that pain and that suffering. He didn't just come to die so that I could have eternal life. He came to die so that I could have life right here and now. And I remember this through my struggles, um, my husband dying, um, through heartache and pain, that my belief and my faith in Jesus and that first Christmas without my husband, remembering the Christmas story is what sustained me. And the Christmas story is about Jesus not just as a baby, but as a savior. Now, like Herod, we might not have killed a lot of toddlers and young children, but our sin, too, is bringing death and destruction to our lives and the world that God has made. Um, A few weeks ago, I know in jail ministry, we received a letter Uh, from an individual and we appreciate these letters from you but it talked about the consequences of sin how do we deal with how do we learn to deal with the consequences for our sin and yes for our sins there are consequences there is forgiveness if we know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior but sin brings death and destruction and pain and suffering around us in our lives. It surrounds us. It permeates our whole lives. And I know for some of you, it can be very bad. Some of you are going to be incarcerated for the rest of your life. Maybe you're a woman who's living with physical abuse and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do. Maybe you're that individual who is addicted to drugs, alcohol, and you don't know what to do or how to do it. You need to cry out to him. Cry out to him. You don't need to go to a priest. This is between you and God. He hears his people. He comforts his people and he saves his people. So yes, our sin in and of itself brings apart, brings onto us death. Why do 10 out of 10 people die? Because of sin. That's our biggest problem in this life is sin. Dealing with our sin here and now today. But Jesus didn't have any sin. He who knew no sin became a sin sacrifice. So if he didn't have any sin, then why did he die? It says in the Bible that he laid down his life for those who are his. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they come to me. In Genesis chapter 3, so I want you to go to your Bible and I want you to go to Genesis chapter 3. 
we see the first mention of this in chapter 3. And the Lord is speaking to the serpent. Adam and Eve have sinned. He deals out punishment. He meets out punishment for the Adam and Eve and the serpent. And this was a great sin. I mean, I used to think in my mind, wow, I mean, okay, Adam and Eve sinned. They ate from the fruit of the tree, but hey, big deal. Oh, it was a big deal. Because they'd eaten from the tree the knowledge of good and evil that God commanded them not to do, but they also were usurping God's authority over their lives. They were basically saying, "Mm, no, I think I know what's better in my life. Do you do that? Do you say in your life that I'm going to live life my way? Oh, he'll let you do that. That's Romans 1. He'll turn you over to your own desires and your own sin. Or are you ready to live God's way? To learn how God wants you to live. Back in Genesis chapter 3, God condemns humanity and Satan for the downfall of the world. So since that time, we've had pain, suffering, destruction, rebellion. And we are, I mean, I didn't have to teach my son to sin when he was two years old. He already knew how to do that because he had a nature to sin. But amidst all of this pain, this punishment, this sin. In Genesis 3.15, God says to Satan, and I will put enmity between you and the woman He's speaking of the serpent. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. We call this the Provo Evangelium. Who is Eve's offspring that will crush Satan's head? Who is the seed? Jesus. Jesus, who would come in the fullness of time, who was born to die. So to make things right in a broken and sinful and torn world and to take care of the issue of sin, to make atonement, to satisfy God's wrath, Jesus was born. This is Christmas. He was born to defeat sin and evil and to bring resurrection and healing to those who are born again, who are not born of the flesh, but of the Spirit. That's John chapter 3. He was born to die so that we don't have so that we don't have to die spiritually. We will die physically. All of us. Our flesh goes back to the dust. Everyone dies. So I would ask you this in a hundred years, where will you be? Oh yeah, you'll be dead. But you won't be physically dead. Spiritually, I should say. Spiritually, you will not be dead. You have a soul, and your soul lives forever. And you will either live forever in hell, or you will live eternally with the Lord Jesus, with Him in heaven. Christmas is about birth, but it's also about death. The death we would face without Jesus, and Jesus' death that saves me, that can save you. 
I want to read some passages, so you might want to take note of these. I might go through them a little bit quickly today, but you want to go back and you want to look these up. What am I talking about? I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture references that you can go back and do some homework. First one, Galatians 4.4. 4. So Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, I want to state this very quickly because I'm on a forum board where we reason with one another, debate with one another about Mary. And I want to say this very clearly. It is very offensive when I hear the term the mother of God. That tells me that you fail to understand the Trinity, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, God became flesh. He is fully God, fully man. He was born of a woman. Jesus was the mother of Jesus. Mary was the mother of Jesus. She is not the mother of God. That is blasphemy. There is no immaculate conception of Mary. Mary was born a sinner. She recognized this and she recognized her need for a savior. And that savior is her son, Jesus. But she is not the mother of God. Here's another verse. Go to 1 Corinthians. Go to Romans and then go to 1 Corinthians 15.22. So 1 Corinthians 15.22 and I will read it. For as in for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Now I want to I want to give a little insert here. You got to be careful in Scripture. Context, context, context. All does not mean every single person. Keep that in mind. Context. It means all of a particular group. Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Here's another one. Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the four Gospels. Luke has a wonderful intro about Jesus and the birth of Jesus and him coming into the world born to die. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. What we're reading here is history. First John chapter 2, verse 2. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Here's another one of those context verses. The world. What world is he talking about? We basically see four different types of world. We see the non-P world, the non-personal world of all the creation without humans. And then we see a creation or a world with all the animals and all the humans. We see the world of Satan also. So again, it doesn't mean every single person in the world. First Peter 3.18 tells us, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, meaning him for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. That's a beautiful verse. First Corinthians 5.21 
for our sake. Now, who is the Apostle Paul writing to? He's writing to believers here. Who was our believers? For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Why was he born? So that we might become the righteousness of God. John 8, 28. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he. There's one of my verses. I am he. Remember I see I am. God said, I am who I am. He says, I am he meaning the Messiah, the son of God, who is fully God. And that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the father taught me. He did the will of the father and he came, he came to die. Another verse is in Hebrews 1, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the world of his power, by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Who is this Jesus? Why do we celebrate Christmas? John 8, 24 tells us, I told you that you will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, there's another one. I am, I am he, you will die in your sins. If you just believe in Jesus that he's a prophet only then you don't know him as Lord and Savior you need to know him as Lord and Savior to know Jesus is to know God if you don't know Jesus you don't know God I hope this season of year that you will celebrate Christmas because it is a very, very special time for us. But reflect upon your sins. And if you haven't repented and believed, then I encourage you to do so. And don't wait. Do it this Christmas season. So until next time, come back. And we look forward to being here again.